the book of Genesis chapter number 2. I'm going to begin in verse number 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature that was that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the fowl of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, Now this is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So as we think about this, you know, the Lord, the Lord, I believe you could say, and I don't want to go too far, but from the compassion and the heart of God, God desired for man to be complete, for man to... Uh, be in a place that was good for him. I, I mean, he says this, that, that the Lord saw that it was not good that man should be alone. I will make him an helpmeet for him. That word there means an aid, a suitable companion, one to share with. And as God... You know, notice how the, the Bible writes this. The Bible said that He brought all of the beasts. He brought all of the fowls. He brought all these animals before Adam. Now, He brings that right after there was no help made for Adam. Will any of these satisfy or be an aid or be a companion or can share in what Adam has? None of them. None of them. None of them can share in the thought process. None of them can share in the joy that Adam and Eve has. None of them. But, but God says, I'm going to make for him a helpmeet. I'm going to make for him an aid. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make for him a, a one that is suitable, a suitable companion for Adam. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And as he slept, or and he slept, and took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, <coughs> and brought her unto the man. So here is God doing a work, and I, I believe this is this is the way it is all through the Word of God. 
So God takes a part out of the side of Adam, a rib. And you know, I believe there was flesh. It wasn't just the bone, but Adam said, flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. So he took flesh and bone out of Adam. But the Bible said, and out of that, and God made. So God builded, God fashioned a woman. So Adam says, she is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. But you know, she's not complete, is she? Is she complete? Is that enough? Flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. Where's the blood? Where's the spirit? Where's the blood? Where's the breath? That comes from God, doesn't it? So God is making Adam a helpmeet. God is making Adam... This is the way that it says, And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. So God builded. God builded. God fashioned a woman. And God put in the blood. This is my thinking. Maybe... You know, you might could argue with it or maybe you see it in a different way. But I believe God put the blood in there for the woman. You might say, well, He got it out of the flesh. Well, that, 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 that's, that's not what Adam says. He says, she's flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. But I believe the life is in the blood. And I, I believe that Adam was made out of the dust of the ground, but yet he wasn't living. He had to have the breath that came from God. So the blood, this is my way of thinking on it, that the blood came from God, and also the breath came from God. And and as I think about this, 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 this woman, this woman is finished. By the work of God, this woman is a finished product. There's nothing to be added to be an aid to be a help, to be a companion, to be a sharer in what Adam is in need of. None of the animals can do it. None of the fowls of the air can do it. But God made Eve for Adam that he would have a helpmeet, that he would have an aid, that he would have a companion in this world. In this Word of God, you, you think about it now. The flesh was opened up. And... The flesh was opened up and out of that came woman. Out of the side of Adam came a woman. And you know, you, you, you think with me, Adam wasn't, and I don't want to go too far, Adam was complete, but would you say that the woman completed him in the sense of what he was going to accomplish? He couldn't accomplish what he was put here to do without the woman, could he? So God takes a rib out of Adam and builds a woman, and Adam, so he opens up the flesh. 
What does he replace that with? He closed it up, is what the book says. The book said that he closed it up. So what's going to complete Adam? Is there a part of Adam missing? Now, I'm not trying to take that too far. But is there a part of Adam missing? So what's going to complete Adam? The woman that God builds. The woman that God builds is going to be, and I believe you could say it like this, the void that was left was filled by the woman. You see the void? You see the place where it was opened up and the rib was taken out? There was a void there. You say, well, God closed it up. I say, yes, He did. He closed it up and the woman, the woman was the completion of that. He said He closed up the flesh thereof. So He took the woman and, 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 and He slipped and He took one of His ribs and He closed up the flesh instead. He closed up the flesh instead. So this void, this opening, is filled by the woman, by Eve, by the working of God, by the creation of God, Adam's void, what Adam is lacking, what, what does Adam need? He needs to help me. God said it was not good for man to be alone, so God's going to create uh, and, and make a woman out of man, and also by the working or the building or the making of God, He is going to complete that void that is left in man. Here Adam is. He, he's the ruler over all of the earth. He's the ruler over all of the beasts. He's the ruler over all of the animal kingdom. He is the ruler over all of it. But Adam has no help me. Adam has no companion. Adam is alone. And God says it's not good that man should be alone. I tell you that out of that void, out of that that was taken out of man, God makes that that makes him complete. He fills the void for Adam with the woman. And he closes up the flesh. Is there anything else to be done? There's nothing else to be done here. This work is a finished work. I, I think it is. I believe it's a finished work. So the woman, and I believe this is important, the woman is brought out of the man, and yet, and yet it is not complete without the work of God. This woman is made by God, but I say this, that that woman was not made without the hand and the work of God. Adam was made out of the dust of the ground. Eve was made out of Adam. And, and, and look, look folks, is Adam aware of this bride being made? Does Adam have any input to this bride being made? No, I tell you, he's in a deep sleep. In a deep sleep, he has no input. He has no awareness 
There is no awareness of God bringing forth a helpmeet for Adam. He is in a deep sleep. And friend, it is the work of God without the help of Adam that this woman, this completeness for Adam, and this void that's in his life is brought about by the work of God. So he, he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh thereof. Instead thereof, closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he woman and brought her. <laughs> wonder where he did this. I don't know where he did it, but I know this. She wasn't where Adam was. Adam was in a deep sleep and God fashioned the woman, builded the woman, and brought her to Adam. And Adam said, Now this is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. She shall be called woman for out of, they, that were for out of because she was taken out of man. So with all that being said, let's go to John chapter number 20. John chapter... Let's go to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. Again in John chapter 19 and verse number 33. But when they came to Jesus and saw that He was dead already, they break not His legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced His side, and forthwith there came out blood and water. And he that saw it bare record, and his record is true, and he that knoweth that he saith is true, that, he, that ye might believe. For these things were done that the Scripture might be fulfilled. A bone of him was not broken. And again, another Scripture saith, they shall look on him whom they have pierced. So here, here is the Lord Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Here is the Lord Jesus who is dead. Here is the Lord Jesus... And by the Word of God, and by the providence of God, here comes a Roman soldier. And with a spear, he opened up the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe a very, uh, a, a very clear picture of where the church came from. A clear picture of where the bride came from where the bride of Christ came from, came out of the side. And so as you think about this, so here the soldier comes and pierces the side of the Lord Jesus, and there came out blood and water. I, I believe, I believe a, a word called pericardium, or I might not pr be pronouncing that exactly right, but there's a, a sack that the heart's in like a, a water sack. So that water sack 
when that spear was run up under the, under the ribs or under the side of the Lord Jesus Christ, that sack was pierced and the water came out and also the heart was pierced that the blood came out. And as I think about that, you know, I think about the bride of Christ. What was she in need of? I tell you, she was in need of an atonement. She was in need of a blood covering. She was in need of a washing. She was in need of a purification. So here at the cross of Calvary, I I, I see the coming forth of the bride of Christ. And you know, you might say, well, it was the Romans that crucified Him. It was the Jews that crucified Him. It was the Gentiles that crucified Him. But I say this, it was God who crucified Him. It was God who saw man in his need. It was God who saw man. And I I say this, that man was alone. And I'll tell you, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl that's ever been born in this world was born alone. Born on their way to hell. Born in a place of outer darkness. Born in a place that they were headed to eternal and everlasting separation from God. And God had compassion. God saw that there was no help me. God saw that there was no companion. God saw that. And I tell you, friend, by the mercy and the grace and the love of God, God sent His Son to this world that you and I wouldn't have to be alone. That you and I, and I don't mean that literally. I don't mean that fleshly. I mean that spiritually. Oh, friend, if it wasn't for the grace and the mercy of God, man would be cast into hell, separated from God, separated from His companion, separated from all that He's ever known. But by the love and the grace and the mercy of God. God crucified the Lord Jesus and forthwith came out of Him from the piercing of that Roman soldier blood and water for my justification and for my sanctification for my atonement and for my washing. Thank God that He thought on us. we would have been eternally separated from God. So the origin of Eve was out of Adam and by the work of God. The origin of the church is out of the Lord Jesus Christ and the work of God. The purpose for Eve was to be a helpmate to Adam. That won't work for Jesus. He doesn't need any help, does He? What's the purpose of the bride of Christ. If you want to turn, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless with before Him in love, 
having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. So the origin of the, of the bride for Adam came from Adam. The origin of the church, the bride of Christ, came from Christ. Adam's wife was to be a helpmate. I tell you, the church of the living God is to be to the praise of the glory of His grace. That's our job. That's what we can do. Oh, I tell you, the Lord, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost does not need any help from me. I'm not a helpmeet for Him. I'm here to praise and to honor and to glorify and to give praise for the glory of His grace that He would bring me in predestined me to be adopted into the kingdom of God. Love me before the foundation of the world. Thank God for the plan of God to bring you and I into the church. So we got a different purpose, don't we? Our purpose is different than what Eve's was. Eve's was to be an aid to be a companion. But our purpose is for the praise to the glory of His grace. So, think with me just a little bit about this Scripture. And one of the soldiers with a sword pierced his side and forthwith there came out blood and water. So, there, out of the side of Christ, I believe you could go... I believe you could go here and not do a disservice. I believe in the compassion of God. And I believe you could say heart in the sense of compassion. Out of the compassion of God, God made Eve for Adam. But I believe we could say out of the heart of God came forth the church. Out of the heart of God, not only the compassion and the grace of God, but out of the heart of God there came forth blood and water uh, that you and I could be brought into the family, uh, that through and by the shedding of the water and of the blood that you and I could be brought into the kingdom of God, that we could be a bride under the Lord Jesus Christ, that we could be a bride and friend that our purpose and our, and our job and friend what God has created us for is for the praise to the glory of His grace. Just as Adam had no part and Adam had no consciousness of Eve being made by the hand of God, neither did I. Do you think there was anybody that knew that through this soldier ramming a spear into the side of Jesus Christ that there was going to come forth a bride? Was there any thought of that? None whatsoever. There was no thought of that whatsoever that out of this, but isn't it something? Isn't it something that Adam was in a sleep, but the Lord Jesus Christ was dead? That out of death came forth eternal and everlasting life. Out of the heart of God, through death, He brought life. How wonderful. That we could be a part, do you know that I will never die? If you're saved, you will never die. Eve died. 
But you, you, if you're a part of the kingdom of God, if you're a part of the church, if you are a part of the bride of Christ, you shall never die. He's already died for you. He's already tasted death for you. He has already overcome Him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Thank God He's already defeated Him through His death. So, out of the side, out of the side of Christ, out of the heart of God came a bride. Out of the side of Christ, out of the, uh, out of the heart of God, I came forth God. God did this. Oh, I tell you, God birthed. And you, you, you think the church is birthed through and by the work of the Holy Ghost. Isn't that true? So, I want to look a little farther. Go one chapter more with me. John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verse 24. No, no. I'm going to read verse 19. We'll not read all of this, but verse 19. The same day, this is resurrection day. Would you notice in verse number 16, as Morgan played the part in the play, he said unto her, Mary, and she said, Master, touch me not, Mary, for I have not yet ascended unto the Father, unto my God and your God, my Father and your Father. What was He going to do? This one who was dead on Friday afternoon. This one who was dead on Saturday. This one who was dead a friend, on Sunday morning is raised from the dead. And Mary says, Master, where is He headed? I'll tell you that this one that was dead is going to heaven to make an offering unto God. Uh, this one who was dead, a friend, for my sin and for your sin was going to heaven. This one that died in my place, this one who who shed forth water and blood is going to ascend into heaven, a friend to make an offering on the altar of God that you and I could be brought into the family. Do you see that without that offering, well, preacher, he shed his blood and water there on the cross. That's not enough. I tell you, that's got to be taken to heaven. That's got to be offered to God. Uh, friend, there was nobody, and I don't say this irreverently, but there was nobody to take that blood and that water and to go behind the veil. Right? They had no confidence in what He had done. And besides that, the veil was rent in twain when He died. Jesus Christ... That very resurrection morning, Jesus Christ, our friend took the water and the blood. He took Himself and made an offering unto God on the altar of God. And know this, He went as the priest. He went as the sacrifice. He went as the king. He went as all of it. And friend, He made an offering unto God that you and I could be a part of the bride. We got a different beginning than what Eve had. That same day, verse 19, first day of the week when the doors were shut and where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. And we had said so, He shewed unto them His hands and His side. 
And there were, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. And He said, Peace uh, uh, to them again. Peace be unto you as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. And He breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive you the Holy Ghost. There was the Holy Ghost before the day of Pentecost. You see that? Thomas wasn't there, verse 24. Thomas wasn't there and he said, they said, we've seen the Lord. Thomas said, unless I see Him and see the hand and the prints of the nails and put my finger in the print of the nail and thrust my hand in the side, I will not believe. I'm not going to believe it unless I see Him for myself. The Bible says after eight days, again, and after eight days again, His disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith He to Thomas, Thomas, reach hither thy hand, thy finger. Behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it in my side, and be not faithful, but believing. So would you, would you think with me that God, when He finished Eve, He closed up the flesh. Right? Jesus' flesh, even after eight days, is still open. The bride's not complete. Can you see that? Can you see that God still has the side of Christ open? Can you see, friend? Can you see that His hands are still open? Can you see that His hands are still open and you can see the wounds, you can see the sacrifice, you can see the pain, you can see the suffering, you can see the price of sin, you can see the side open, you can see the grace and the love and the mercy, you can see the washing and you can see the atonement of friend that's still open for you and I to look at it today. He didn't close his wounds. And you might say, well, they're probably... And you know, I, I, I don't say this the wrong way. But I, be, I believe figuratively, when the bride's complete, figuratively, his side will be closed. <coughs> Not literally. Because I believe that they see Him. I believe we've got a vision and a revelation of seeing and an exalted, not on the earth. But I would say this, if the wound was large enough for Thomas to thrust his hand in, after eight days, you wouldn't think that would be quite that large, would you? But I tell you, God left it open 
The wounds of the Lord Jesus Christ, the side of the Lamb of God, is still open today. A friend, a means and an access unto the heart of God. A friend, an access to the mercy of God. An access to the provision of God. A friend, His hands are still open today. A welcoming and reaching towards sinners. And His heart is still open today. And there's blood and there's water for atonement and for sanctification and justification. Thank God it's still open. He didn't close this up. He closed Adam up. That woman was complete. But this woman, this woman is not complete. This woman is not finished. This woman, this bride, this child, these people, these people are not finished yet. Offering out to you, the side of the Lamb of God is open today. Offering that you and I can get under the blood and get under the blood and the water and the washing of the Word of God. What a difference in Eve. And the church. What a difference in the origin. What a difference in the purpose. All of the work. You know, she was going to help Adam. And I don't mean that she was going to do 50% of the work. I mean she was going to share with him. She was going to share in the joy and the sorrow. She was going to share in bringing forth children. She was going to share in all of that. She was going to share in the likeness and in the being able to have rational thinking. She was going to share in that. And she was going to share in all of those things. But I tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, He brought about a salvation and a bride without any input from man any whatsoever. While he was dead. (laughs) What can he do when he's alive? If he can bring forth a bride when he's dead, if he can bring forth a cleansing of my sin, he can bring forth a covering for my sin in his death. What can he do in his resurrection? Thomas, Thomas, reach hither thy finger. Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Thomas, look at me. Oh, God, help us today to look. I'll tell you, look today and see the sacrifice that God made. Look today. And listen, friend, how the wounds are not closed today. I look at His side today. How the wound is still open. How there's still water. And there's still blood. I'll tell you, friend, there's a sufficiency. I'll friend to cover your sin today. Listen to these words in the book of Zechariah. The book of Zechariah chapter number... I'm going to read a couple of places. 
I'm going to read in verse number 12 and verse number 10. I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication, and they shall look upon whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his own son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Oh, I tell you what God can do. Uh, God can bring us to a place, our uh, friend, that we can see the Lord. Uh, by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, He can bring us to a place to realize I'm the reason that He died. I'm the reason that He's crucified. I'm the reason that He died on the cross. I'm the reason that He took the beating. I'm the reason that He was beyond a recognition as a man. I'm that reason. But the first verse in the next chapter. In that day shall be a fountain opened to the house of David. Verse 10, I will pour upon the house of David the inhabitants, 12.10, upon the inhabitants the spirit of grace and supplication. Oh, I tell you, thank God for the grace. Thank God that He would bring me to the place to cry. That He would bring me to the place to cry out. Out to the place to pray. That He would bring me there. I have a friend, thank God, not just that He would bring me there. I bet He could do something about it. I friend, I tell you what He did on that Friday afternoon. He opened a fountain. And I want you to know this. Praise God, the fountain is not shut up. Oh, the fountain has not been filled with earth. The fountain has not rolled over or got a stone on it. The fountain and the well of God's grace and mercy is open today for the bride. He closed up Adam's flesh. He didn't close this. This is not closed. He opened a fountain. Zechariah 13. And in that day shall be a fountain opened to the house of David, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin, blood, uncleanness, water, washed by the washing of the Word. How are we cleansed? What's our atonement? What's the covering of our sin? I tell you, it's the water and the blood through and by the offering of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our friend, though He was dead, praise God, I want you to know this, there was a fountain open that you and I could be brought in for sin and cleansing. Isn't that wonderful? It is to me. I don't know whether you're enjoying it or not, but I thank God that He did not close it up. Thank the Lord. And again, I say this, the bride is not complete. Our friend, and you might say, well, well, He can close it up when it's finished. I believe you could say that again figuratively, but I don't believe that that's ever going to happen. I believe in heaven. I believe in heaven we'll look at His wounds. We'll look at His open side. We'll realize the reason we're there is by the grace and the love and the mercy of God. Praise God, He opened a fountain and it'll never be closed. 
Thank the Lord, thank the Lord that He made a way for me to be brought into the family of God. And I'll tell you what it was. It was ever being Adam had a part in Eve. But I'll tell you what, in the bride of Christ, it was by God the Son. It was by God the Father. It was by God the Holy Ghost that you're in there. And there was nothing, nothing you could do. Nothing you could add. He opened the fountain for cleansing and sin. We were out. How wonderful. It's open to sinners. Thank God it's been open to sinners. It's still open today. It's still open the side, the fountain. The cleansing fountain is still open today for sinners. Oh, if you could see yourself as a sinner today. Thank God it's not complete yet. He's not shut the door. He's not closed up the wound. But His hands, look at His hands today, inviting you, desiring that you would come, that you could be a part of the bride of Christ. Open to sinners today. How wonderful, how wonderful that He didn't close it up. Oh, if He would have closed it, I would have been out. If He had closed it, you and I would have had no hope. Thomas, come thrust your hand in my side. Thomas, come put your fingers in my hands. Oh, can you see Him today? Can you see today? Can you see the sacrifice? This is the sacrifice of the Son of God. This is not a lamb that come out of the herd. There's no help meet for man. No aid for man. But I tell you what God did. God made Jesus. God made Jesus. And He brought Him into this world. And He was made in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, He died on the cross. That you and I, who were sinners, away from God, out of the will of God, on our way to hell, dead in our trespasses and sin, He made Him for us. You see His hands and His feet. He's the sacrifice. The sacrifice is still open. The way is open. Look at His hands. Look at His hands. Look at His hands who created and made Adam out of the dust of the ground. Look at His hands who placed us back on the wheel again. Look at His hands, ladies and gentlemen. And today His hands have marked a friend in His hands today of nails being driven there. I'll tell you, it was God who nailed Him to the cross. But you and I could be in the bride. Open, still open. Look at the love of God. Look at the justice of God. The love of God toward us. 
the justice of God in crucifying His own Son, the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ in my place, that I, I say this, friend, that God was satisfied with the offering of Jesus Christ for the sins of anyone and everyone that will ever believe His sacrifice was sufficient to pay for all of my sin. You look. You look. I want you to look like this. I want you to look through the opening. I want you to look through the opening and I want you to look up into the heart of God. I want you to look for the place where Jesus' side was opened up and the Spirit opened Him up. And I want you to look into the heart of God. What love. Yet, what justice, what vengeance, what wrath was on the Son of God for my sin and your sin. Out to you, God, we'll never justify you without looking in to the heart of God. Can we look in there? Can you look in there? It's still open. It's open. I tell you, I believe this. I believe figuratively speaking, uh, the blood's still flowing. I believe figuratively speaking, uh, the water's still flowing. I believe, friend, if you would look, uh, you could see the heart of God is poured out for you. Can you see that? Thomas, come Thomas, put your finger in the holes in the hands. Thomas, come and thrust your hand into my side. Thomas, come and feel the heart of God. Thomas, would you come today? Though your name may not be Thomas, would you come today and feel the heart of God? Would you come today and feel the living Savior? Would you come today? And I'll say this. He said in the book of the Revelation, He said, I am He that liveth and was dead. I'll be a friend. He's got the proof of it. He hung on the cross. There His side is still open. There His hands are still the nail holes in them. Yet He liveth. I am He that was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore and have the keys of death and hell. Praise God. He didn't close it up. Has he got wounds in heaven? Looks like he does. You may not see it pointed out, but notice this. Revelation 1, verse 5. And from Jesus. Who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead? (laughs) I ask you this. Where were you? You were dead. I was dead. 
in trespasses and sin. Know this, that on the cross, Jesus Christ was paying for my sins and your sins. But know this, that through the operation of God, God raised Him from the dead. He is the first begotten. He is the first resurrection. He is the one, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. There you go. Praise God for it. How, friend, there's the first resurrection that he saw in the Revelation. How, friend, I'll say this, that Jesus Christ was the first begotten among the dead. I was dead, but He was the first one to get up. And praise God, I've got up because He did. But He was dead. He was dead. Right? Look at his hands. Look at his side. Still open. God closed up the flesh on Adam when he made Eve. Finished. Jesus, eight days. Eight days after resurrection, he still got a hole in his side that Thomas can thrust his hand in. I believe He's got a hole in His side how that you can look into the heart of God. Read with me a little more. We've already alluded to it, but verse number 18. I am He that liveth and was dead, comma, and, or semicolon, and, comma, behold, I am He that liveth and was dead, and behold, look here. Look here, I'm the one. Oh, that ain't the same one. Oh, I want you to look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Set your eyes upon him. Look at the wounds in his hand. Look at his side open. Look at it still open tonight. He said, I'm he that was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. What are you afraid of? Everybody's afraid of death. If you're not afraid of death, you're saved or a fool. If you're afraid of death, I say you're not saved. Through Him I live. Firstborn among the dead. First begotten. Who is the faithful witness, the first begotten? Back to verse 5. And the prince, look now, Revelation 1, verse 5. And the prince, that word means there to be the first or the chief or the ruler, of the kings of the earth. Look at verse 6. And hath made us kings and priests unto our God. Through him. Through Him, I'm a king. Through Him, I have overcome death. Through Him, I have overcome sin. Through Him, I am able to be brought into the bride of Christ. Unto Him that loved us. Can you see the love of God? Look at Him. Thomas, look at me. Thomas, behold me. Look at me, Thomas. I'm the same one that died on the cross nine days ago. I'm the same one. Or maybe it was 11 days ago. I'm the same one. Thomas, my side's still open. 
Thomas, my arms are still open. Let me ask you this. You know, I don't know exactly how to, how to describe it or make it true every time. But you, would you say this? That if I did this, you could really look at my hands where the nails were. If I opened up my arms... And as I open up my arms, I open up also the cavity that you could look into the heart of God. I pity you, thank God, that His arms are open today. His hands are visible today. The heart of God is visible today that you and I might not be unbelieving, but we might be believers. What is He? Unto him that loved us. Can you see it? Can you see that he loved you? No greater love than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. Who was I? I was an enemy. Let me tell you this, friend. No greater natural love, no greater earthly love, no greater physical love than a man lay down his life for a friend. I'll tell you the Lord Jesus laid down his life while we were yet sinners. Where can I see it? Look at his hands. Look at his feet. Look at his side. Look at his life. Who loved us and washed us. Who loved us and washed us from our own sins in his own blood. Where did the blood come from for Eve? I don't believe it came from Adam's rib. I believe it came from God. Where did the breath come from? It came from God. How beautiful, how beautiful. One more place, please. Again, I say this. Verse number 5. And the prince of the kings of the earth. Verse 6 and had made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You know what's going on there? Praise to the glory of His grace. A finished work now. Not a hope so. Not maybe so. Not available work. A finished work. Go with me one more time to Revelation chapter 5. Verse number 5. Revelation 5, 5. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold. Look. Look, John. Behold the line. Look, John, at the line. What do you think about when you think about a line? Oh, I tell you, I think about the conqueror. I think about the fearfulness. I think about the glory. I think about the beauty. I think about the power. John, don't weep. Look. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah. The root of David. How can he be the root of David? He was before David. How can he be the root of David? How can he be the Savior? 
How can he die? He's got to be the root of David to die. Right? Doesn't he? This is him. This is the one. This is the one that paid the price for the bride. John, look. Look, behold. John, I want you to look at the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, and hath prevailed to open the book, and to loose the seven seals. John, John, look over here. Look over here, John. Here's the great one. Here's the conqueror. Here's the ruler over all. The line. And I turned and I looked. And what did John see? And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, in the midst of the mount of God, in the midst of the exalted place, in the midst of the throne, in the midst of where God dwells, in the midst of the throne was a lamb slain. Look at his hands. Look at his feet. John, I thought you said he was a lion. And I beheld, I looked, and lo, in the midst of the throne and the four beasts in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth unto the earth. Well, look here. Look at this. Look at this sacrifice. Look at this. I'm going to look and I'm going to see a lamb. I'm going to see a lamb bloody. I'm going to see a lamb with its throat cut. I'm going to see a lamb which is the offering of God. I'm going to see a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. I'm going to look, but praise God, He's not dead. He's alive. Still open. The wounds are still open. Though He is the lion. Behold, John the lion. Oh, he doesn't look like a lion. I tell you, the lamb and the lion lay down together. That you and I could not be a wife to Adam, but a wife to the Lord Jesus Christ, the bride. He said, "In a, and I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to dwell here." John, let me show you the Lamb's wife. Come hither and I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. (laughs) Chapter 21. What did he see? Oh, preacher, he saw heaven. He saw people. That's right. The church. The bride. When he got finished with Eve, when he got finished with what he needed from Adam... He closed him up. But when Jesus got finished, praise God, His wounds are still open today. The bride is not complete yet. And again, I believe figuratively when the last one is saved, you could say it's closed up. But for the praise to the glory of His grace, the wounds will be open in heaven that you and I shall praise Him forever and ever for the sacrifice that was given for the love of God that the heart of God was toward man. How 
wonderful.